Thanks so much to those who have been leading us in our praise of God today, to our singers. And even though they were redundant in that last song or that last psalm, our band as well, and our musicians, and we really appreciate all of the help that you give to us. So we're going to have a look on the screen here, I think. Good stuff. A few weeks ago, during half-term, I was in Edinburgh, and I love that city. And on a couple of occasions, while I was over there, I walked up to the castle once at nighttime, and I took this photograph of the castle at night, and on another occasion during the day. And during the day, even in February time, hundreds of people around the castle, lots of school kids from all over Europe who seem to be on school trips, lots of students from all over Asia taking selfies with the castle in the background. And yet later that evening, when I was getting a bite to eat, I was speaking to someone working in the restaurant, a local who had grown up and lived all his life in Edinburgh. And he said to me, you know what? I've never been up at the castle at all. And I was kind of surprised. And he said, and I don't really have any interest in going to it either. When we lived in Rathryland, right on the edge of the Mourns, I was constantly amazed at the beautiful views of the mountains that you got from that time. And during my 10 years living there, I spent as much time as I could in the mountains, hiking, cycling on the roads through them, sometimes heading out with the family for drives through the Mourns. And yet many of the locals down there had never really been into the mountains. And lots of them said to me that they barely ever noticed them. Not so much a case of familiarity breeding contempt, but maybe familiarity breeding indifference. Today, we have been singing together, and we have read together Psalm 23. It's a Bible passage that I have read countless times in people's homes, maybe in yours. I've read it at many funeral services here in Connor and elsewhere. And maybe if you're a lifelong Presbyterian, you will have lost count of the amount of times you've sung this psalm down through the years. It seems to be that staple text of visiting preachers. I'm sure that lots of times when I'm away and there's somebody else standing here, they say, I thought it would be good for us to turn and think about Psalm 23. And yet an amazing thing to maybe admit today is that in all of my ministry of what well over 25 years now, actually approaching 30 years, I have never actually preached at a Sunday service like this exclusively on Psalm 23. Maybe for me, it's been a case of familiarity breeding indifference. And perhaps today, as I put that right and preach on this psalm for the first time in a service here in Connor on a Lord's Day, you might think to yourself, well, this is an invitation for me to switch off. Because honestly, after 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, and we could keep going upwards, years of life, there's nothing left for me to learn from this psalm. There's nothing new that I could possibly discover. 
Maybe familiarity has bred indifference. And yet the reason why this psalm is familiar, the reason why this psalm is read and sang and is preached on so many times in the life of the church is because it reveals key truths about God and the kind of relationship that we can have with Him. Today, as we once again think about David's life, we get to see David's relationship with the Lord so clearly in this psalm. And we learn once again that his relationship with God is not just a part of David's life, it is what his life is all about. It is the key aspect of his life. Remember that David was a man after God's own heart. As we're told of him in Scripture, he had a heart for God. If you want to put it like this, he shared the Lord's outlook. And that's why he is such a good man to spend time thinking about. And as we get to see his heart for God in the sentiments that he expresses here in this psalm, we think today about his relationship with God. But remember that in this series, that as we look at King David together, we have always been keeping our gaze on what, or more importantly, who lies ahead. That we're always thinking ahead to a much greater king, to a much better Savior, Jesus. So today we will be, we will be reminded of how the Lord Jesus is absolutely vital to having the kind of relationship with God that David enjoyed and speaks of here in this psalm. So, I would encourage you to turn with me again, please, to Psalm 23. And in this series, we have already met with David the songwriter. We know that David wrote these songs known as psalms, expressing to God his deepest feelings. Sometimes that was praise and thanksgiving to God. Sometimes that was saying to God about how he was feeling, his anxiety, his anger, his confusion. Sometimes it was bringing his sin before God and admitting his guilt and coming to him in repentance. And the thing that we've learned from David, the songwriter, is that when we have a relationship with God through Jesus in the way that this man David did, then we can be absolutely honest with God. We can bring to God exactly how we are feeling. And when it comes to this particular psalm and the confidence that David expresses in the Lord, David talks about the Lord being his shepherd. And when he calls the Lord his shepherd, we need to understand that David knew what he was talking about. Remember that he came from a big farming family and that he had been a shepherd himself. If you look back at his life story in the Bible, in the book of 1 Samuel and his early life, we read in 1 Samuel 16 of that day when Samuel went to choose a new king. The Lord sent him to the home and the farm of Jesse. 
and he met with all of Jesse's sons except David. Where was David? He was out tending to his father's flocks. And then in the following chapter, in 1 Samuel 17, when we read about that encounter between David and Goliath, when David is trying to persuade the king Saul that he should go and fight Goliath, he talks about his experiences as a shepherd. If you look at 1 Samuel 17 and verses 34 and 35, he talks there about how he went out and fought with the lion and the bear in order to look, to look after his father's flock. And now later on in his life, and we're not sure at what exact point, as David wrote this song about the Lord, he wrote from the heart, and he wrote from his own experience as a shepherd. So, what can we learn from David the shepherd in this song that he wrote about the Lord? Well, you'll know that there have been whole series preached on this one psalm, that there have been books written on it. I've read a few of them. But today, I want to leave you with two simple truths David shares with us about God and the relationship that we can have with Him. What we get to see in this psalm is that God provided David with help for now and hope for the future. And the important thing that I want us to see today is that both of these are needed in our lives. Both of these things are important, and both of them are what God desires for His people. It begins with help for now. And while we all need to know and understand this truth, there are some people of faith who I believe especially need to hear and understand this truth about the Lord and what it is that He does for His people. Because for some Christians, their only thought is eternity and what lies ahead. And they emphasize the importance of being saved from a lost eternity so that we will be able to spend eternity in the Lord's presence. And don't get me wrong, please hear, hear me loud and clear today, that is so important. It's a message that is contained in Scripture. It lies right at the heart of the gospel. It is a message that we are called to respond to in our lives and to proclaim to other people. But for these people, then they imagine that the only thing that God cares about is our soul and its eternal destiny. That somehow we just get on with our life here and now in the meantime, and that the Lord is not really concerned about that life that we're living. And what this results in is them being concerned about the eternal destiny of other people. And again, hear me loud and clear, rightly so, we should have that deep concern. But this is to the expense of caring about people's needs and their circumstances here and now in this life. And yet, what does David tell us about the Lord? In this psalm, 
what does he reveal about his relationship with God? Well, look at the start of the psalm, verse 1. He says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. And you will be looking at a range of Bibles today. You will see that expressed in slightly different ways. In the ESV, it is simply, I shall not want. In the newer version of the NIV, it's translated as, I lack nothing. Or in the Christian Standard Bible, it says, I have what I need. So, this is not an aspiration. It is a statement of fact. And as you hear David say that, as you hear David testify in this psalm, I have what I need. You could be inclined to think, well, it's all right for David to say that. After all, he was this king with staggering wealth, with all of those wives, with all of that status and influence. And yet, think about what we have been discovering of David's life in this series. And let me tell you very briefly about what we are still going to discover in the final few weeks. As next week and in the weeks that follow, we read about all of the heartache and the hassles that David had because of his dysfunctional family. David's life was so often a struggle. Why did David call God a shepherd? Well, because he was a shepherd himself. He knew what a shepherd does, and he knew what sheep are like. Their complete dependence on the shepherd for protection and shelter and guidance to safe pastures. Now, these are such basic truths, but just because they are basic does not mean they should be ignored. We are completely dependent on God for life itself and every aspect of it. And when we are one of God's people in Christ, we will never be lacking. We will be given exactly what we need. And notice that the Scripture gives us the promise that we will be given what we need, not what we want, not all that we desire. And there is a difference. And when we fail to understand that difference, the great danger is that we become discontented people. And our society is full of discontent, people who want and who desire more and more and more. So, I simply ask you today, and it sounds very basic, it sounds quite old school, but do you take time to recognize how the Lord meets all of your deepest needs? Do you, as people would have once talked about, count your blessings one by one? Do you take time each day and each night to thank God for them? Or do you get preoccupied with what you want and what you desire? Because the generations that we represent here in church today, right the way across that sweep of generations, are generations that believe that we are entitled. Our sense of entitlement 
in our society and our world today is incredible. And that is as much the case with me as it is with you. As you read this psalm, you get to see that not only are David's physical needs met by the Lord, but he's also given peace for his soul. He says in verse 3, of the Lord, he restores my soul. And this kind of peace, inner peace, this kind of contentment, this kind of renewal is what people go to all kinds of places to search for. People turn to all kinds of self-help guides, and they turn to all kinds of other religions and ideologies in order to try and somehow find this kind of inner peace. But for those of us who are in Christ, the search has ended. People, we do not need to look further than King Jesus to find this peace, this restoration that David speaks of in this psalm. All we need to do is to come to the Good Shepherd, Jesus, who tells us in Matthew 11, verse 28, come to me. It's an invitation, so gracious. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Today, are you feeling weary? Are there things that are burdening you in your life? Come to Jesus. But in this psalm, not only does David speak about this wonderful help for now that he knows through his relationship with his shepherd God, but he also talks about hope for the future. And again, it is so important that we recognize this. Earlier, I mentioned those people of faith who only think about eternity and what lies ahead. But then on the other hand, within our churches today, there are many, many people who only think about here and now, and they give little or no thought to our eternal destiny. And so, they tend to emphasize the blessings and the help that God brings to us in our life at present. And we've just thought about that together in this psalm. But they do not focus on our need to be saved, on our need to be delivered from a lost eternity, and to have that eternal security with God. And so, for them, Jesus is not so much a Savior as a best friend who will go alongside us and who will meet all of our needs in the ups and downs of life. And the danger then is that we no longer see the need for evangelism. In other words, reaching people with the gospel of salvation. Instead, their energy is put into improving the lives of people here and now, and that is important. That has its place. That is instructed in Scripture. But for them, it is doing that to the expense of proclaiming the gospel. And if the only thing that David found in the Lord, his shepherd, was help for here and now, 
then that would be ultimately lacking. Because in this psalm, he brings us face to face with our ultimate enemy, death. Look at what he says in verse 4. He says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, and many of you here today will know what that path is like, because the shadow of death has fallen on you. That will be because of the, the loss of a loved one, and you have felt, or you are currently feeling and experiencing terrible grief. For others, it will be the prospect of your own death. Your health is failing you, and it leads to terrible worry. So, given the impact that death has on our world and has on our lives, it's therefore incredible to hear what David goes on to say here in verse 4. Listen to the whole verse. He says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. And to many people in our world today, maybe to some here sitting in this church, these words of David seem so crazy. How can he not fear in the face of death and what it does? Well, it's because his shepherd God is with him, because he will know his goodness and his love all through his life, as he tells us here in verse 6. And then it's because he will be with his shepherd God for all eternity, because listen to all that he has to say in verse 6. He says to the Lord, surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It's one thing to know God's help here and now, but how wonderful to be in His presence forever. And that gives us, who are His people, incredible hope. Is that a hope you have? Today, we have thought about David the shepherd, the man who could speak from experience as he thought about how God watches over his life both now and forever. And ultimately, David has brought our attention to the shepherd God. But right at the end, we need to turn to and hear from the greater king and the good shepherd who would descend from David, the Lord Jesus, who says to us in John chapter 10 and verse 10, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. If we want to have the kind of friendship with God that David enjoyed, if we want to know God as our shepherd in the way that David did, if we want to experience and know this help for today, this bright hope for tomorrow, 
that David speaks of in this psalm, it is found in the good shepherd alone who laid down his life for you. It's found in turning to him, trusting in him, living for him. Amen.